Thursday, July 5th, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City. We are right here in Denver, Colorado. You know, if you are tired of the same old sports talk with the arguments and the callers that are yelling into their phones, you're going to like it a little more here. You know, we try to look at the world of sports without all of the emotion. We just try to analyze things logically. We try not to take it so seriously. It is just sports. We'd rather really just laugh at a lot of it. We are happy to have you here with us today. Happy Thursday to you. I hope that you enjoyed your July 4th holiday. If you did get it, I hope you were fortunate enough to get it. I hope that you are returning today with all of your digits intact, that you didn't do anything silly last night. And I hope that you got to spend some time with family and friends and enjoy the holiday. Hey, I've got a little something different for you here today. You know, I wanted to take a look back at some daily doses from days of yore. Is that a word? Your? I don't know if I'm using the word your correctly. Like if you just say your, it doesn't sound like it would actually be a word, but whatever. You know, I know that we just had our NBA awards like a week or two ago. But today, here on The Daily Dose, we are actually going to flash back to June of 2016 here on The Daily Dose. You know, the NBA season had just ended. The Cleveland Cavaliers had actually come back from being down 3-1 to to beat the Golden State Warriors and win the NBA Finals. And we were actually discussing the 2016 season. We were handing out a few NBA awards, including our NBA MVP. So today on The Daily Dose, I hope that you enjoy this look back at the NBA and a little Daily Dose history. Wednesday, June 29th, 2016, you are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, sports writer from Denver, Colorado. You know, we are happy to have you join us for another dose of our unique brand of sports nonsense, and if you have a friend that you would like to recommend the show to, just let them know they can go to a number of places to download or subscribe. Of course, the Daily Dose is on places like iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, you could go to somewhere like Podcast Republic, something like that. You can also... Go over to RogueIntel.com and listen to the show right there. And while you're over at Rogue, feel free to check out a few of the other podcasts that are over there. Uh, There are a number of podcasts over on the Rogue Intel Podcast Network, whether it's the Prime Podcast with Carrie and Duff. You know, in fact, I've heard that the Prime Podcast is uh, actually on the lookout right now for someone to add to the mix. I don't know if you have those kind of qualifications but just something to keep in mind. Uh, the Prime Podcast might be uh, might be looking for, for a third host on there. Uh, or maybe it's just something like Remedial Radio. Uh, you are sure to find a few more podcasts over on Rogue that you're going to enjoy. Uh, if you'd like to contact the show, let's get this stuff out of the way right up front because we do have a full show today. If you want to contact the show, you got a comment, you got a suggestion, maybe you have a, a question, or maybe you even need some advice. You know, I, I've been telling you, I've been telling you over the past few weeks, our email show is coming in a few weeks. And I do already have a few good emails, but we're always, you know, eager to hear from you. Feel free to shoot us an email. Uh, you can hit us at dailydosesports at gmail.com. That is D-A-L-Y, dailydosesports at gmail.com. You can also find us over on Facebook or on Twitter. Both of those handles are at Daily Dose Sports. Today on the show, we are going to be recapping the NBA season. You know, the NBA season just ended, you know, last week. And we saw the finals. We saw the craziness that that happened in the NBA finals this year. But I want to just kind of take a look back 
at the full season. I want to take a look back at a few things that stood out to me. You know, we saw records go down this year. We saw uh, certain teams step up at, at big times. We saw other teams maybe take a step back. I want to take a look back at the NBA season. You know, we always have to kind of finish out the year. We hand out some awards. I want to hand out, you know, our, our typical awards that we hand out every year. And then, you know how we do. We always got to hand out a few uh, NBA awards, Daily Dose style, and just kind of finish up the NBA year uh, and kind of do it the right way. I uh, also want to talk a few winners and losers from the NBA draft. You know, we saw the, the NBA draft take place last week, saw a number of players go. Maybe some players went a little higher than we thought they would. A couple of players that we saw fall. A couple of teams maybe that stepped up and, and, and made some really, really interesting moves. And a couple of teams that maybe didn't do quite as much as we thought they would. You know, NBA free agency is looming. I've got a few, and the weird thing about this season is it's not like it's the it's not like it's the the you know the role players. It's not like it's the background guys. No, it's the main big names. I want to throw out a few different names and a few different scenarios for some of those big names coming out in NBA free agency. And as usual, we do have to get to our daily dose top five. You know, if I'm ever going to get comments on something about the show. Yes, every once in a while I'll get something where I, I just don't agree with this or I don't agree with that and I think you're wrong on this or I think you're wrong with that. But usually I will get a few comments on the Daily Dose Top 5. You've got to stick around for that today. I, th- I think I've got one that is a, is a little bit interesting. I've got one that I think you're going to enjoy quite a bit. So make sure you stick around for that. You know, I, I was going to just jump straight into the NBA. We have so much NBA stuff I, I, that I want to get to today. I was just going to jump just straight in and, and just start talking about you know a number of the things that happened this season and a few things like that. But there are a few things that, that have come out, a few things came out yesterday in the world of breaking news that I, I just kind of feel like I, I've got to talk to before we get to that. Uh, first off, Hall of Fame basketball coach Pat Summit. She was a pioneer of women's college basketball, guided the Tennessee Volunteers to eight national titles in her 38 seasons at Tennessee, uh, died Tuesday morning. She was 64. Uh, Pat had been suffering uh, from Alzheimer's. She had kind of gone through some dementia kind of stuff. You know, interesting person, Pat Summit. And if if you've read anything about her, I had the the pleasure, I guess, of, of getting to hear her speak before. Um, she was very, you want to talk about, like, like I've heard a lot of coaches speak. In, in my background, I, I did some coaching. I, I was able to come in contact with some big name coaches, from professional coaches to some of the top college coaches. I, I, I heard Pat Summit speak, and I'm telling you right now, as, as intimidated as you are by some of these big name coaches, like you see Mike Krzyzewski, and Mike says hi to you. Hi, hi coach. How's it going? Pat Summit, like, I was ready to take a charge for Pat Summit. Like, she intimidated me more than anyone. Here's a stat for you to keep in mind with Pat Summit. And I don't care, male, female, whatever she would have coached, she would have been phenomenal at. She just had that kind of personality. Here's a stat that kind of keep in mind when you're thinking of Pat Summit. Every lady volunteer basketball player from 1976 to 2011 played in at least one final four if they remained on the team. I mean, seriously? That's insane. That is absolutely crazy. They say, they are saying right now, that they kind of had to ask people, former players, former assistant coaches, just just friends, they kind of had to ask people to leave because she had reached a point where she was so sick, but she didn't want to to not talk to someone. She didn't want to miss some of her former players coming back to see her. They finally had to kind of ask people, you got to stop showing up. As, as horrifying as it sounds, 
she she can't just go in peace. She can't just die because she is keeping herself alive to see everyone that comes to meet her, everyone that comes to talk to her, everyone that comes to say goodbye to her. They kind of had to ask people to stop coming. Pat Summit, pretty incredible person, pretty amazing coach, and, and the job that she did, uh, one of the things that kind of gets forgotten in what Pat Summit did at Tennessee was she was always eager to help other programs. Remember, you see these these programs playing each other on the women's side. We don't always see that on the, on the men's side. You would see Tennessee playing UConn in the preseason, like before their conference, they would play each other. You would see them play like an old Dominion. You would see them play like a Texas Tech or Louisiana Tech. You would see Tennessee always doing this. And do you know why they always did this? Because Pat Summit would always agree to play at home and home with those opponents because she knew it would help the game. If we have a packed arena, it just helps women's hoops. Women's basketball, basketball in general, and sports in general will definitely miss Pat Summit. Not only do we lose Pat Summit yesterday, uh, we also lost former NFL coach and very influential defensive coordinator, Buddy Ryan. Buddy Ryan passed away at 82 yesterday. Uh, Buddy Ryan, different guy. He's a different guy, but when you think of the NFL right now, so much of what teams are doing is based on what Buddy Ryan used to do. We have all these offenses. You have all these spread offenses. You have uh, wide receivers, three wide on one side. You've got a running back over on the other side split out. You have all these. It's all because of what Buddy Ryan did. Buddy Ryan, very, very famous for his 4-6 defense. Remember with the Chicago Bears, maybe the greatest defense ever, the mid-'80s Chicago Bears. But he had that 4-6 defense. Now, there, there's a little bit of a misnomer as to what that 4-6 defense actually is. Uh, there's a number of people that y- you might hear that in you, 46 defense. That's uh, four defensive linemen and, and six linebackers, and then what, they have like a safety behind? I don't know. That's not actually what it was. Uh, the 46 defense, th- the reason it was called the 46 be- was because he brought up his strong safety, Doug Plank. What they would do is they would go, basically, uh, they would they would kind of run uh, six defensive linemen, kind of two linebackers, and then they would bring up their strong safety. Their strong safety was Doug Plank. He was number 46. And then they would they would basically play, you know, just a just a one safety back and we're gonna they would pin their ears back and and Buddy Ryan was was famous. He he's had the quote of no quarterback is gonna beat me if he's on his back. And that's kind of the way he approached his defense. They just came after you and came after, you know with all the Bounty Gate stuff, remember Bounty Gate with the New Orleans Saints a few years back? And they were talking about, well, if you if you knock this guy, Buddy Ryan was open about it. Like, remember, he wanted to go after that that punter one time. He was like, remember that punter? He used to play for us. Uh, I'll give you 500 bucks if you knock him out. Buddy Ryan ha- had a lot of enemies, had a lot of people that didn't like him, but he probably put together what might have been the greatest defense ever, uh, the NFL. And uh, again, football, a lot of people may have known who, who Buddy Ryan was. Don't forget when the 85 Bears won the Super Bowl. They carried both head coach Mike Ditka and the defense carried off Buddy Ryan after that game. Uh, Another person that we have lost here just recently. You know, I'm not sure if you saw this, uh, but apparently the Philadelphia 76ers 
are intending to make a pretty serious push for Golden State Warriors restricted free agent Harrison Barnes when the NBA's offseason marketplace opens up on Friday. Uh, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about some of the moves. I, I told you, you know, there, there's some things moving around. There's there's some big name players that are out there uh, that could be of interest. And there's already some talk that, you know, a, a few players are talking to different teams. There's a, there's a number of things that could be shifting around in the world of the NBA that we definitely want to get to. We, we better jump in. We just we just we have too much to get to today. Uh, so first off, you know, basketball is over. Hockey is over. NFL is is still like a over a month away. Now, now what? Now what do you do? Now what do you watch? You can start watching baseball, but let's be real honest. I mean, I, I can I have to take baseball in small doses, and I've noticed that I have to be I have to take baseball with people that really appreciate and and, and love the game. There are certain people I can watch baseball with. Like I'll have it on in the background, but I, but I struggle. So now I'm watching like I'm watching a lot of Netflix. I'm watching a lot of you know documentaries, I'm watching a few few different shows. Are you watching Game of Thrones? I, I watch Game of Thrones, and, and for the most part, I can keep up with it. But I, I get confused, and I, I don't know all their names, and I don't know what silly tribe they're in or, wh- or whatever it is. So there's there's some confusion there that I, I can't always keep up with. But what are you what are you doing now? I, I just want you to know. I want you to know that the daily dose does feel your pain. Like this is the dry time of year. This is the time of year that it's it's just kind of tough. There's just not a lot going on, and and we do have the Olympics, but they're not coming until August. By August, we'll be starting to get into some NFL training camp stuff. Please understand, we do have a few things that will be coming. We do have a few things uh, for you to uh, to be listening to that I, I think you'll you'll still you'll stay interested in. We'll keep you uh, updated. I, I know there's going to be other shows out there that they're just going to start playing repeats. We're not going to play any repeats for you. We don't we don't really need to do that. We have we have a number of other directions uh, that we can go to. Uh, okay, so the 2015 2016 NBA season it, it was crazy. It was crazy. We saw so many different things. We saw so many players uh, step up. We saw so many players take a step back. The Golden State Warriors set records for wins. I mean, 73 wins in a single season. I'll be honest. I didn't think they would do it. I said back before the season, I thought that's just too much for them to chase. To hit the 72 win mark, there's no way. They beat it by a game. They beat it by a game. We saw Golden State uh, set records for three-point shooting. We, the, the number of threes, not only that they take, but the number of threes that they make it was absolutely incredible. We've never seen anything like it. And yet they still didn't finish with a title. You know, the, the thing I think that jumps out to me the most from the season, and there are a number of things that, that jump out to me. Um, there are a number of things that, that stand out to me that I look at and I say, I'm starting to see some, some major, major changes in the landscape of the NBA. Because what we're starting to see now is we're starting to see that transition. We talked about this a little bit in the past. We're starting to see that transition where you can't just you you don't have these players. You don't have these these Michael Jordans, these Kobe Bryants, these LeBron James. Yes, you still have LeBron James, but you don't have these one guys on every team that can just go down and physically be better than everyone else on the floor. That has started to change. You don't see these teams say, hey, we've got the big, the Patrick Ewing, the Shaquille O'Neal. We dump it inside. We play inside. Then they kick it outside if they have to, and we play that. Everything now is outside first. We are starting to see 
more and more of a European type of game. And and I I'll be honest, I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. Because for years we said remember the 90s? You know the the 70s we're starting to get a little bit better. The '80s were a really fun era, and no, I'm not just saying that because well, you were a kid, and and that was the most that was your young, uh, younger days, and so that was that was what you think was fun. No, it was a fun. It was a wide open game. We're starting to get back to that because remember what the Detroit Pistons did at the end of the '80s and into the early '90s. Everything was uh, we're going to close everything down. We're going to shut off the key. You're not going to cut. Anytime you come into the paint, we're going to knock you down. We're going to foul you. We're going to be physical. We're going to slow the game down to where it looks like both teams are playing in mud. And we had teams, uh, you know, winning 81 to 79. And I understand it. As a coach, I understand it. Because if I can play defense, I don't have to be great or skilled at the other end. If we just shut down everything you do, then we can have an off night and we can still get a win. But I do kind of like the transition that we're seeing from the NBA right now. We're starting to see, and you hear, you know, you hear some complaints. We, we heard was Oscar Robertson this year saying, "Well, it, back in my day, Steph Curry wouldn't get to do what what he did," and that's fine. I understand that, and if he wouldn't be the competitor that he was if he didn't say those kind of things or, or think that way. Everyone thinks their error is the best. But I will say the part of it that I like, there are aspects to the game today that I really, really like. I like the spacing. I like the cutting without the ball. I like the fact that it's usually, not not every time, but it's usually not one guy just dribbling the ball, standing out there by himself. There's movement. There's ball movement. There's player movement. There's guys cutting. There's guys trying to get open. We're starting to see a trend of shooting. You're hearing the phrase more and more every single day, it seems like, the stretch four. Have you heard the stretch four? Oh, he's a stretch four. Oh, did you hear the other night in the draft? Every guy that came always another stretch four. Well, you know they got a stretch four. If you if you don't know what a stretch four means, and and I don't know why they they get these little phrases that they like to use. And of course, here at the Daily Dose, we like to point and laugh at those funny little phrases. The stretch four, he's a big guy that can step out and shoot. I, I know, I know. I just went I just went really really deep on you. I'm sorry. I, I hate to get real scientific on you. He's like a power forward. He's a big man. Maybe he's even a center. He can step outside and he can actually shoot from, you know, 25, 28. Shoot the three a little bit. He's a stretch four. He can stretch the floor. He can move out of the key and not just play with his back to the basket like some of those guys did. I like that aspect of the game. I like the screen and roll, the screen and pop. Some of that stuff, some of the action that we're starting to see. Like I said, it's a little bit more of a European style game. This was the European ball that we started to see back in the 90s. When they were when they were playing us in the Olympics, uh, fun type of basketball. We're starting to see some of those things. Some of the teams that had success this year were those style of teams. You look at a team like obviously Golden State, but even look at a team like the Oklahoma City Thunder. You look even at a team like the Cleveland Cavaliers that won it all. There was an aspect of that game to what they did. They don't just go down. Hey, let's just go down and post up LeBron James every single time. That's that's going to be our offense. Our offense. That's not what they did. They had a lot of spacing. You would go inside, outside. You would kick it out to J.R. Smith. If if he, I don't know, had taken his pill that day, he would knock it down. Whatever that situation was, you would you would have Kyrie Irving. Now Kyrie Irving dribbles a little too much for me, but the ability to create, the ability to go screen and roll, their ability in the in the finals to use that screen and roll, that screen and pop stuff with Kyrie, with LeBron, 
with Tristan Thompson, some of those guys, it just is kind of more of that progress where we're getting away from just one-on-one basketball. Like one-on-one basketball sounds like it would be fun. It's painful to watch. It's horrible to watch. And so I think when I look back at this 2015-2016 season, that's the thing that stands out for me the most. Well, that, the spacing, the movement, the, the wide open, the, the more of a freestyle, that and the awful teams. Because let's be real clear, there's some horrible teams out there. It, and, and I think that stands out to me as well. There were some really, really bad teams out there. You look at teams like Sacramento, the Brooklyn Nets, even the New York Knicks, the Orlando Magic. There's some awful, awful teams out there. And I understand that some of these things are cyclical, but why don't we have a little more talent? Why don't we have a few better teams? Shouldn't there be more? How many teams could have really won it this year? Honestly, three? Maybe maybe four? If, I don't know, the sun shines just right? That's about it. And I think we have to find some sort of way to have just a little bit more parity in the NBA because it seems like the rich just continue to get richer. And it seems like the good teams continue to stay the good teams and the bad teams continue to stay horrible. And there's some really, really bad teams out there. The Los Angeles Lakers are a horrible basketball team. They didn't have the players to field a real team. Got to do something a little bit better than that. So when I, when I look back at, those, uh, at this season, I guess that's the, those are kind of the things that, that stand out to me. Uh, it, just, it has more of a European feel. It has a more wide-open feel, and it's got some really, really ugly, ugly teams. Now, when I look at, at the NBA Finals, NBA Finals were a bizarre. One of the more weird NBA Finals I, I think I can remember recently. Remember, uh, the, 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 the leading team, the team that won 73 games, the best team from the regular season is up 3-1. to one. You just need one more win. One more win, close it out, finish it up. And then the NBA suspended Draymond Green. And the Cavs won three in a row to close out the series. Now, I understand the the run that the Cleveland Cavaliers went on, you can't short them that. The, The job that LeBron James did, I can't short him that. But make no mistake, the NBA did manipulate that a little bit. We've we've talked about that. And the way that that changed the entire series, because Cleveland looked at it. And, and I've heard some of their players, I heard Richard Jefferson speaking, and he, and he talked about, we just felt like we needed to win one game. If we could just win that game five at Golden State, then we thought we had a chance. Well, the NBA kind of made sure that that happened. Because they didn't want it to end in five. If it ends in five, they're short of two games. That's two gates. That's two games of commercials. That's two games full of ad time to sell. They didn't want it to end in five. Now, I'm not saying they made sure it went seven. But they definitely made sure it didn't just go five. And so while I look back at the season and I say, yeah, it's, you know, some different aspects and, and the way Cleveland came back and, and really fun for the city of Cleveland, uh, LeBron James bringing that elusive title to Cleveland, I'm always going to look back a little bit and remember the Draymond Green suspension and the fact that the NBA had a little bit of a hand in manipulating that final series. And I know there's everyone's kind of not talking about that. And I heard Adam Silver talk about that, uh, talk a little bit the other day, and he said, well, hey, uh, you know, we had to do what we had to do, and, and Draymond had to be suspended. Well, why wasn't he suspended the time before he had done the same thing? 
How come you didn't suspend them? How come it suddenly got so important now that your series is slipping away? Uh, suddenly it got very important. But when they were down 3-1 to one to Oklahoma City, it didn't really seem that important. Kind of seemed like, well, I don't, I don't know. We'll just kind of let him skate on this one. Kind of let it go. That, to me, is going to stand out just a little bit. Uh, LeBron James and, and Kyrie Irving were absolutely phenomenal. They had, uh, especially those last three games, I don't know if they could have played a whole lot better than they did. LeBron and Kyrie were great. And and I don't think you can forget the job that Kyrie Irving did. He's always been a, a little bit, uh, you know, kind of a, a guy defensively that you try to hide. But what he did was he came out this year and he was so good offensively that you had to try to find ways to match up with him. And I, you, can't, you can't overlook that part. Uh, Harrison Barnes, of course, the, the job that he did this year in, in the finals, struggled a little bit. Um, now, we have the advantage here at the Daily Dose. We have the advantage of handing out our season-end awards after the season is over. Yes, we could hand them out before. We could, we could give out some season awards uh, you know, at the end of the regular season before we get into the playoffs. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. And then we kind of like handing them out that way. Uh, so uh, we're going to actually just hand out, I want to hand out just a couple of awards, and then we will, uh, we will get to some Daily Dose awards here in a few. But uh, if, if I was going to hand out awards, if, if I got to pick, if, if, I, you know, if I was picking and, and I was the one declaring the awards, here are some of the awards I get. Uh, Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year, which is, is tough to me because you know most of these rookies that come out, they go to bad teams, and they play in meaningless games. And so I struggle sometimes when you hand out the Rookie of the Year. I know, I, yes, I guess I'll give it to, to Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, big man Carl Anthony Towns, he, he averaged 18 points a game, 10.5 rebounds a game. But he did it in pretty meaningless games. He did it in games that didn't matter that Minnesota was getting blown out of. Yes, he looks like he has a very, very bright future. But, I mean, when you're down by 30... Who cares if you went out and scored 18 points? Uh, I also look at a player, uh, you know, down at Miami, someone like Justice Winslow, and I look at Indianapolis or, or at Indiana with the Pacers and Miles Turner. Miles Turner was a guy that I did not think he would be a very, very good fit uh, in Indy, but both of those guys logged significant minutes for playoff teams. I look at those a little bit higher, so I'll give it. I'll give it to Carl Anthony Towns. I guess. I guess. Uh, Coach of the year. Coach of the year number of different ways you can go. Obviously, you know, with, with what the Cavs did, uh, do you give it to, to T. Lou or, you know, go, uh, you know, Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich is one of those guys that I look at and I say, I could give him the award every single year that he coaches because he's probably uh, one of the best. That I've got to give the award to Steve Kerr, though. I mean, yes, you didn't, you didn't finish the way you wanted to, but Golden State won 73 games. He, he did something right. So I'll give it to Steve Kerr. Uh, obviously, I'm sure they wish they could have finished just a little bit better than they did. But but I'll still give it to Steve Kerr. The way he held them together, uh, came back from the back. Maybe I should, maybe I should give it to Luke Walton. Luke Walton held down the bench pretty well uh, when when Steve Kerr was out. But I'll give it to Kerr. He's obviously changed the flow. Who would have thought a few years ago that the Golden State Warriors would even be in the situation that they're in right now? Steve Kerr had something to do with that. Remember uh, Mark Jackson, I, I do think Mark Jackson had a hand in kind of building some of that philosophy, but Steve Kerr has taken that to a different level. So even though, even though they failed at the end, even though they didn't get done, the, I'm going to give Steve Kerr my coach of the year. Uh, most improved player. Most improved player. Who would you give that to in the NBA this year? A number of different you know, young guys. 
maybe maybe someone like I don't know Damian Lillard had a, had a big year, or, or uh, you know CJ McCollum had a big year. I'll tell you who I'm going to give my most improved player to this year. Might surprise you just a little bit. Uh, well, let me give you some stats, and that might help. Uh, a year ago, he averaged 23.8 points per game. It's pretty good. Pretty good. This year, he averaged 30.1 points per game. Last year, he made 286 three-pointers. This year, he made 402 three-pointers. Now, you might sit there and say, yeah, well, what was this percentage? It was 45%. My most improved player, I've got to give the 2015 MVP, Stephen Curry. Who got better than Steph? Stephen Curry came out after he won the MVP and rewrote the history books again. And yes, he came up short in the finals. But uh, most improved? Show me someone scoring that many points and making that big of a jump. Yeah, I'll go with Steph Curry. Uh, Sixth man of the year. Six man of the year. Of course, the easy pick. The easy pick has got to be the, the Los Angeles Clippers, uh, Jamal Crawford. I mean, dude is so good. He what has he won the? He's won the six man of the year like three, I don't know, four, eight, however many times he wins it every year. Like they should just name it the Jamal Crawford Award because he wins it every year. But I'm going to be honest. I, I'm not going to give it to him. I'm not giving it to him this year. You know, who I think I might give it to Oklahoma City Thunder big man Enos Cantor because he makes the Thunder. Legit inside. You know, the knock on Oklahoma City was always that, yes, they're going to come out and they're shooting and, and they're going to score some points, but they're not going to do anything at the other end. And so you can just come out and not score them. You can just come out and, and eventually they'll wear down and eventually KD will, will hide in the corner and Russell Westbrook will take a bad shot and you'll beat them. But Cantor changes what they do quite a bit. He suddenly makes them a force at the other end too because he can defend. He can guard the rim. He can be physical with you. He can contribute a little bit offensively. And he can be kind of a pain. But he really changes the way they look. at And the fact that he comes off the bench and gives you that lift. Cantor for the Oklahoma City Thunder, that, that is my sixth man of the year. I, I'm sorry to Jamal Crawford uh, because he, he's been winning it. But I got to go with Cantor. Offensive player of the year, I think that's a pretty easy one. Obviously, uh, Steph Curry with what he did. 30 points a game. Five rebounds a game for a little skinny little guy, and almost seven assists a game. Uh, Steph Curry is easily my offensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year. I know that they, you know, they, their season ended short, but Kawhi Leonard, the job that he does defensively is actually pretty incredible. Six point three rebounds a game, two point six steals per game. But you know, just like we just talked about. With the era of basketball being what it is, where we have this, you know, small ball and and spread and guys cutting and you can't you can't touch anybody without it being called a foul. There's just so in that era, he is managing to be such a good defender in a time where the defense's hands are tied just a little bit. You can't hand check. You can't for the most part, you can't be grabbing guys as they're going through the paint. Yet somehow Kawhi Leonard is managing to be a very, very good defender. Uh, I got a feeling that the San Antonio Spurs are going to bounce back a little bit. He's excelling in a time when uh, all the advantages are at the offensive end. My most valuable player. My most valuable player. I, I know Steph Curry you know, won, won it for the regular season. But when you look at the NBA Finals, 
and you look at here's a guy who led every player in every stat. I have to give my MVP to LeBron James. And and I've said, I've I've told you, LeBron is not my favorite guy. He's not my favorite guy. He still gets on my nerves. He still feels like the millennial that needs a hug for every single thing he does. But there's no denying what he did this year. The fact that he took Cleveland to a championship, my goodness, that, that's something that, that <laughs> that's just not done. So, yeah, I got to give my MVP to, to LeBron James. Just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping to do, you might want to head over to LootCrate.com forward slash Daily Dose where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. July's Loot Crate theme is now out. It is called Team Up. If you need someone to watch your back, it sounds like it's time for a team up. Do better together with an awesome squad of collectibles and gear, including not one, but two t-shirts in this month's crate. Now, July's Loot Crate theme features items from Ant-Man vs. Wasp, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Adventure Time, but if none of those franchises interest you, make sure that you head over to Loot Crate because trust me, they have just about any movie, TV show, or video game franchise that you can come up with. They have so many things over there. The best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, just be sure that you type Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order just as a little thank you for tuning into the Daily Dose, which we do appreciate so much. Hey, tomorrow is Friday, and as we usually do, We will have a Daily Dose Top 5 for you as we continue to look back at some sports history and a little bit of Daily Dose history. I say thank you all for tuning in today on your Thursday. I hope that you enjoy our look back at an NBA season from a few seasons ago and at some Daily Dose from a few seasons ago as well. I say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a great Thursday.